headquarters in Oslo, Norway. Welcome to the Mnemonic Security Podcast. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with the boss of the SOC. He has been an information security leader within the Norwegian cyber defense. He has worked with dozens of corporations on building out their detection and response capabilities. And today he is a security analyst and a senior consultant working for Mnemonic in Norway. Stig Nordbe, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So Mr. Nordbe, tell us about yourself. How did you get brought into this lovely world of security that we live in these days? I, I started off as a IT engineer working for a large company. And actually, I got tired of the routine work. And um, I was intrigued by security because every day is different. You get mm. new new tasks, new challenges every mm. day. And to keep my mind awake, I need challenges. Right? Mm. So um, that what, that's what pulled me into the security. So just a normal IT guy that pulled into security. Exactly. Cool. Exactly. Uh, but fast forward to today, um, I know that you're working with uh, a lot of the large Norwegian companies um, building out their, their SOC. So what are your thoughts about SOC? Should every company have one? You need to have a look at your environment. Are you vulnerable? Do you expect security breaches or security incidents? And, and also the size of your company goes into play. The money you would like to spend on security mm-hmm. and all that stuff, right? And then you need to evaluate, do you want to spend your money right mm. where you want to put your money mm-hmm. and how to get more, mm, the most result of your investment right mm-hmm. so um, have you seen the evolution of these uh, socks over those years it's more or less the same it's just that the tools and and the and the, the way that people work are becoming more mature at least from my perspective because i have been working and helping them mm. to be mature mm-hmm. uh, over the Ooh. years so uh yeah, uh, I can't tell about the places I've yeah, yeah. been, of course, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So there's been a lot of innovation within security over the past years, as you know. And a part of that innovation has been advancements in CM, uh, security information and event management. Uh, a lot of cool stuff is going on in the network analytics space. Companies are starting to incorporate vulnerability management into their security strategies. But if you were a company that was just going to start out with your security operations journey, where would you start? I would not go directly into the technology. Mm-hmm. I would like to take a step back, look at your your, your company, and, and and look at the what is your goals, uh, what is your maturity, and what is your goals in terms of security. Also, what's come what comes into play is that do you suspect that someone are interested in your data? Right. Mm-hmm. Of course, there are users that are accidentally targeted or they they go by websites and and accidentally click on malware and we see that every day but the other uh, end of it is that you might be targeted by industrial spinach and 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 other state actors yeah like that so what kind of level you would like to go into is uh, is what you need to evaluate Mm mm-hmm so your rule of thumb, if I can say that, is that companies should simply start by looking at what they have to protect, what systems they currently have in place to protect it, and just and just start from there? Well, yeah, to put it simple, yeah, but uh, there's a lot of information that comes, comes into play. And also the organization, uh, are you, do you have the people to do this? Or then, like we were talking about now, do you need to hire people? Mm-hmm. Or do you want someone else skilled and uh, do ha- that have the 
both the tools, the technology, the the people, and also, uh, the, yeah, yeah, the, you know, a lot of uh, things that need to be in place for you to do it properly. I guess, right? Yeah, right. So uh, I know that you've been in a lot of sort of security uh, maturity assessments and those sort of things, where a company sort of maybe you go through. Okay, here's your organization. Here's the tools you have in place. Therefore, we would recommend you to either make your own operation center or outsource it. The companies that actually have the capabilities of doing security operations themselves, what do they actually need to have in place? What should they have in place to consider doing it themselves? So, uh, obviously, people, because uh, if you would like to do uh, security monitoring, you should at least consider to have it during working hours. But mm-hmm. uh, ideally, you'll do it 24-7 mm-hmm. uh, because uh, the employees, they usually work at night, uh, <laughs> evenings, yeah. and, and they travel. So you need to cover that time as well. Mm. Um, at least if you know are not happy with taking care of that incident in the morning. Right? Mm-hmm. But you should have the right tools, right? And uh, you should have like... CM collecting all the logs. You should have some network sensors. You should have something on the endpoints like an agent or or something mm-hmm. like that. So to get the full coverage, uh, at least if you have a business with some size on it, right? Mm. So um, I think that will be the the uh, the starting point. And then you need to look at what kind of uh, threats are you facing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to pro- pro- probably add some some threat intelligence job. Uh, mm-hmm. If you have people to to do that, um, then you need to apply that as well into your monitoring tools. And um, of course, people to to handle the incidents when they when they go you when they arise. Yeah. yeah, when yeah. they arise. So you need to coordinate with your IT stuff, uh, your management, and everything. So mm. it's um, <laughs> it's a lot of work, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you have to have, like you said, the, I guess the people maybe might, sounds like the most important part of the the puzzle there. Of so these people, they're just human beings too, right? <laughs> so every once in a while, they're going to get sick. They deserve some vacation. They might have kids at some point. Uh, but how many people do you need to run a sock efficiently then? For, I, I guess, this is all, but, uh, I don't know. Assumptions. Assumptions, yeah, thanks. Uh, it's assumptions. But to fill one role, uh, I guess 12 people mm. because... As you say, vacations, uh, people get ill, all that stuff. So stuff happens, yeah. And you, you also have regulatives. To <laughs> you, you can't work around the clock, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, as one, per- but if you have multiple events that you need to analyze, maybe you need to double that, mm. and then it goes from there. So twelve people like sitting analyzing the analyzing stuff to fill one analyst to analyst fill- role. To have one analyst, okay. Yeah. Oh wow! So for one analyst, you need to have twelve people on the on the staff. More or less. More or less. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's a it's actually a lot. So um, so that's one part of it, right? Is to have the analyst looking at what's going on. Uh, but then you also have to have maybe within that sock, you need to have people uh, that are supporting all this, making sure all the systems that are you know like you mentioned earlier, the CM system, mm. yeah, um, doing maintenance of all the systems that need to be working in order for the sock analyst to work properly. Um, so that adds some people there, I guess. Yeah, of course, the maintenance, the updates, you need to keep mm. this alive. And um, yeah, if you have an incident, you allocate people to that. You still need to monitor uh, the, the, the logs that come in for other incidents. Mm-hmm. So um, you need to have people uh, there as well. Mm. 
So on top of everything you just mentioned, it would also be nice and helpful to invite the threat intelligence team to the party. How do they fit in the, the grand scheme of things? So there's a lot of ways to do threat intelligence. We have, we have some people here that can probably tell you a little bit more about that mm-hmm. uh, or a lot more than I can. But uh, in the basics, you need to understand your threats. You need to watch the the open source information also maybe you have some closed source information which you buy uh, maybe from people yeah you can buy it or you can uh, uh, sign up for something that you Free can feed stuff, into yeah. this uh, and then you need to apply that to your detection capabilities you probably need to build rules to detect mm. uh, on your network or you can build rules in your cm solution to to find um indicators that these uh, IP addresses or domains or, or threat actors are actually targeting you, mm-hmm. right? So um, that's also some, some, some something that people need to do, right, in your uh, environment. Mm. So, uh, How much can you rely on, like, the detection mechanisms that come from, like, the CM or, you know, whatever security mechanisms they have in place? So typically, um, if you go and buy an, an off-the-shelf type of CM or a... Um, IDS, IPS, whatever. Um, it it does a lot of good stuff. It it will detect stuff. It will throw a lot of alerts. Uh, the problem is that most of these tools will probably throw a tremendous amount of alerts. Mm-hmm. Right? It will throw events on policy events, stif- stuff that are normal in your environment, but it will be overwhelmed with these events. Right? So you need to find a way to filter this which are the events that are interesting to you that mm-hmm. you need to spend time on unless you have you'll probably end up with 1000 events daily you need to drill down to 1000 events daily how can you do that at, uh, with one person right yeah exactly so maybe one of those 1000 events are interesting actually to you. real yeah yeah so, so that's um, also a i mean the the uh, the concept of tuning is very important tuning filtering and and working on that you need to to work with all your systems uh, to find out and fin- filter out the uh, the real events, the, mm-hmm. the ones that you need to spend time on, mm-hmm. and keep keep the other ones because they might be interesting at some time to for metadata or, or supporting events and stuff like that. But mm. yeah, need to identify those events that are uh, the ones that you need to focus on. Right. Mm. So if you don't have you know twelve people uh, in order to only have one person sitting on you know sitting at the screen. Um, all day long. Um, what are your thoughts around that? So, my thoughts around that is uh, you should probably consider outsourcing your security operations, mm-hmm. um, at least for the heavy lifting part. Uh, you'll probably you can do the math, and uh, and and uh, you'll probably be better off uh, outsourcing it because then you'll have a full team of analysts looking at your data 24-7 and you also have daily maintenance of your uh, of your equipment the uh, security equipment that will come with the service and you'll, you'll also have remediation advice you'll have um, detailed notification and reporting on your alerts you'll have threat intelligence fed into your detection mechanisms you'll have all that and it's probably going to cost much less than uh, full-time employees. Full-time employees 
for all those roles. Especially if you can't find those full-time employees. <laughs> exactly, especially if you can't find them. Since we hired them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have some of them. So let's say you have an organization that does not have their own SOC and they're, they are outsourcing it to a third party, for example, Mnemonic or somebody else in that field. What sort of staff should they still have internally uh, in order to take full advantage of the SOC service that they're receiving from the third party? Yeah, that's a good question because um, I always stress that with, uh, with the companies because even though if they hire um, a MSSP or MDR, someone that is doing the um, security monitoring for mm -hmm. them, um, they still need to take care of the business knowledge themselves, right? Because it's really hard for, uh, I can't say it's impossible, but it's really hard uh, to understand the core of the business and, and the, the transactions that go on within the business. Nobody before. knows their business better than them, themselves almost. Yeah, so that service provider will need that help, right, mm -hmm. in order to, to, uh, to take care of the incidents. And, and the service provider will do the heavy lifting, right, for the, the, the filtering that we talked about earlier and, um, and uh, doing the analysis and, and the reporting. So uh, and then you'll get the um, you get the event and then some recommendations on how to handle that and then you need to be the one on site to take care of that incident mm -hmm. to find that user or that client or that server or that thing that is going on to identify it and and take care of it isolate it if that's the case or yeah mm, so the incident response basically that responsibility needs to sit at the customer. Yeah, it it should sit at the customer. Uh, it can be a hired one, of course, but um, it should be at least someone that is in close connection with the IT uh, department yeah. and and uh, has the, the capabilities to do some stuff actually with the exactly. Yeah. So what about? I mean, we've been in some discussions with companies that have um, they may be using mnemonic for the MDR part, right? Mm -hmm. The security analysis, but they might have another partner that is supporting them when it comes to everything else IT related. Uh, and that might may present some problems because then that other provider has the same issue as you just mentioned, right? Like they don't know the business as well, mm -hmm. might not know the business as well as, as the customer themselves. Yeah. What is your experience in, uh, in those sort of situations? Uh, um, in that particular scenario, the, the customer will po probably be the coordinator between mm. the two providers. Um, it's... It's, there's some difficulties in there because of the lack of knowledge to the um, to the business and the, how they do stuff. Um, but in in some cases, you also found out uh, stuff that the business didn't even know about, right? Mm -hmm. So traffic going out that this is the service provider's fault or this is the IT provider's mm -hmm. fault or whatever, right? So um, I I think that. Um, the, the business must take ownership to the um, both the security part and also the IT part, but mm -hmm. they need to have close uh, relationships with both. Mm -hmm. They need to have dialogue along the way and so on. Making sure things are working as they're supposed to be working. Exactly, and, and build the bridges, right? Because you need to have a close connection between the managed security provider and the IT provider mm -hmm. um, and probably link them up and, and have some talks together with them. Right. right. And how, what about the concept of cloud? Because then, uh, you know, now we're introducing many third parties and... Yeah. How, how does that, uh, how have you seen that affect uh, 
the modern sock. So uh, it's it's affecting the modern sock because uh, it's somewhat different way of um, looking at the events because now you have all the transactions going out to the cloud instead of internally in your network, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but most modern cloud providers they provide uh, logs. They provide information about your access to your data. Um, the problem is that some think that the cloud providers will take care of all security for you, mm-hmm. uh, which is not entirely correct, mm-hmm. um, because they will take care of the physical security, of course, and the data centers. But the access to your data, there's no way they can verify that your access to your data is me is you right Mm. so you need to monitor your data on Mm. that cloud premise right Mm. so if i understood you correctly it hasn't really i mean it's the same information there's still logs Mm -hmm. uh we just need to sort of get it all through the same correlation engine maybe it makes it maybe a little more difficult architecture wise yeah and it's it's still a computer it's just that you're storing data on someone else's computer like that sticker the cloud is just somebody else's computer yeah yeah right so uh, there's also the concept of, of a uh, of a hybrid sock, and if I am understand that correctly, it means that you may have um, a third party. Again, I'll mention mnemonic. <laughs> Maybe you have mnemonic, you know, doing some security operations, but you also have an internal sock, a hybrid sock. Mm-hmm. Untangle that for me. So the concept is like you explain it. You, you'll probably hire a security service provider like mnemonic, mm-hmm. and then you can also opt in to get an incident response guy sitting on site for you Mm -hmm. working eight to four or eight to five or whatever Uh, and then you'll get an expert right on site to help you to to fix or at least investigate the incidents that are showing up in your environment so then you get actually the best of two worlds Mm. Uh, you get the uh, security uh, provider that will analyze and alert you on the incidents that you need to focus on Mm -hmm. And then you also get an on-site expert that will take care of the mm-hmm. the on-site investigation for you, right? And in uh, and hopefully with some knowledge to your infrastructure and, exactly. and your business. Yeah, and I guess that's a. Do you see that model popping up more often these days? Or I do, I do, because mm. uh, the the lack of security professionals in the market are still there. Mm-hmm. So uh, to get uh, an incident handler on site or at the, even remote, you can have it remote as well, uh, will really help into investigating those few alerts that you get alerted on. Mm-hmm. Right. The people that are going to be working with this, you know, I guess I'll call them incident handlers. Mm-hmm. What sort of competency do they need to do their job successfully? So basically they are trained analysts, uh, at least if you're talking about the ones that you hire, uh, you'll probably get well-trained analysts from that company. You'll, as a company, you'll probably put out some re- requirements for that role. You need to have this and this uh, kind Certifications, of certification right? or knowledge to products or whatever, right? Mm. It depends on what kind of tools you have on site to exactly. do the investigations. Mm. And um, also what kind of infrastructure do you have? Do you have cloud? Then you probably need someone with knowledge of cloud mm. or expert knowledge of cloud. Uh, or do you have Cisco equipment? Yeah, maybe you need a, someone that knows Cisco then. Somebody that understands the sort of the, the systems themselves and how to utilize yeah. the information that they pop out. Yeah, and then you need to combine that with the knowledge of the business, right? Which is mm. 
which is kind of the hard part. That's the hard part. But if you're on site with the business, you're probably well, closer easier. to the information, right? Mm. Yeah. Mm. So um, if you look into your crystal ball for the future of, of SOC, I mean, there's a ton of stuff happening. Uh, the concept of um, SOAR systems, security orchestration and response systems, that kind of, I guess the whole point is to automate as much as possible. Uh, what are your thoughts around that? So there's a lot of systems emerging, uh, as you say, on uh, on SOAR. I, I haven't uh, really spent too much time on investigating the different systems, but um, there are some potential there. And uh, I really think that they would could help a lot of companies. Uh, but still, they don't, as I see it, they still need to or they're lacking the, the, the threat intelligence part, they're lacking the the detail analyst part, which you need to put your brain into, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, you have you have process and you have technology, but you also need to have the people and the mindset of the analyst. You need to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, and, and also, uh, sometimes you actually need to read the code to understand it, right? Mm. So, uh, so would you say those systems are more relevant for you know larger corporations that actually do have a lot more than one security analyst maybe on staff to handle stuff? I, I think it's a complement to whatever you have already, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it can complement a lot, and you can you can build a lot of automation with it with the reoccurring events that, mm-hmm. and and the stuff that you're certain that this will uh, go off like Mm -hmm. an antivirus scan Mm. it will probably trigger and then it will probably be something that you can take known actions on right yeah Uh, but if there are indicators of something suspicious Mm. that's what you need an analyst for right that's what you need an analyst for Mm -hmm. yeah and also threat intelligence Um, as I mentioned if you have some traffic to an IP or a domain it might be bad or it might be good mm. you don't know until you look at the data to yourself into it. yeah and uh, so our system maybe is not the best uh thing to do that sort of analysis i guess i don't know i don't think they're there but mm. um I, it would be exciting to see if they can do something about it mm. so what are the cool new systems that are you know so is maybe one of them but uh anything else that's like you know new and up and coming that uh you know people out there listening to this that actually have a, the sock themselves should be aware of so um I, I think there are there's a few products that are already there. Like you have Splunk, right? Which is mm-hmm. a really good CM and you they're building a lot of new components on their mm-hmm. CM solution mm-hmm. which looks really interesting. And uh, uh there's also a lot of tools on the endpoints mm-hmm. uh which is uh really interesting to watch the development there. Mm-hmm. Uh now you have a lot of people focusing on bringing your own device, uh, but I think it would be more like you bring the company device, mm. right? So you need to monitor your device because going to the cloud and going to uh, working uh, remotely and stuff like that, the focus is on, is on the endpoint rather than on the network, right? Yep. So I, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff there. Uh, EDR, I believe that's uh, known as now these days. It's EDR, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and there's also a lot of interesting stuff going on on the anomaly uh, detection part. Um, Ooh, artificial intelligence. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Buzzword there. Um, 
So I, I don't know. There's still some some gray areas in the uh, in the um, anomaly uh, detection uh, because as of now, uh, an anomaly is another server showing up in the cloud. That's mm. an anomaly. So um, in terms of security, there needs to be some more work on the anomaly. Mm. Uh, but I think there's uh, some promising stuff there as well. Okay, cool. Um, if you, have you worked with any companies that are trying to do security operations for OT environments or SCADA systems, ICS? No, I haven't. But that will be really interesting to see how anomaly detection will work because you have like a static system. Mm. And that static system would probably benefit a lot more from anomaly detection than, mm-hmm. than a normal uh, IT system. Than a normal always. dynamic IT system. Now we're going to cloud and you spin up VMs and you take them down and you spin them up again and then you, yeah. Mm. And that's uh, harder, at least for uh, anomaly. So maybe artificial intelligence is actually useful there. Maybe. We'll mm. see. I know there's we'll a, lot of, a lot of products out there that are, you know, really pushing into that. Yeah. And especially for ICS environments because... Um, then you need an anomaly detection, actually. Yeah. But then you also have, to, if I understood correctly, you have to build in like certain analysis, uh, sort of the certain detection mechanisms that need to be, you know, uh, put in place for those environments. And that requires that you actually have something that understands. That requires maybe an engineer that works with the system hands-on. Yeah, you need to understand the protocol because they're usually proprietary protocols mm-hmm. in those environments. And... Um, <laughs> The drawback here is that most of the, uh, or at least some of the current uh, network systems don't understand that protocol. Yeah, so you exactly. need to build something that would understand that protocol in order to analyze it. Then you have to build detection mechanisms on top of the protocol then. Exactly. Yeah. Sounds uh, sounds time consuming and... Uh... It is, but it's doable. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. We've done it. Yeah. If you work for a company that is in need of assistance around your security operations, please feel free to send a message to podcast at demonic.no and I will make sure that you come into contact with Mr. Uh, Mr. Nordby here. So Mr. Nordby, thank you very much for participating in the podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, that's all for today, folks. Thank you for tuning in to the Mnemonic Security Podcast. If you have any ideas or concepts that you would like us to discuss, please feel free to send a mail to podcast at mnemonic.no. 